for me to um, have just decided uh, my notes weren't great and I just wanted to kind of talk anyway so I hopefully won't talk for very long now. As Gary said, not using my notes could go one of two ways. Either I don't speak for very long or I speak for too long. And um, I've, I've kind of said a couple of times uh, in August that for me I find it a time of reflection, a time of kind of giving thanks for what's happened and looking forward to the future. And, um, and that's uh, been a particularly... Uh, that's particularly been the case this year because uh, tomorrow I turn 40. Um, yeah. Today, I woke up... I'm sorry, I, I have to confess to you, I look at Facebook far too soon after I wake up. And when I woke up this morning and I looked at Facebook, it told me that four years ago today I started working for Croydon Jubilee Church. Um, during the week this week, uh, Facebook memory told me that it was 19 years ago that I first started working for the first church that I worked for when I did a year of youth work, which means that it's about 20 years since I've been back with God, having totally backslidden uh, as a teenager for a number of years. So for a number of reasons, I'm feeling particularly nostalgic uh, at this, in this moment in time. And, um, and as I was thinking about those things and just giving thanks and looking forward to the future and thinking actually I want to share some of that with you as we come back in September because it is a kind of a, a, a new moment isn't it as there's a sense of September being a fresh start um, and, uh, and I just felt actually rather than uh, landing on a particular passage I wanted to share a particular passion with you um, and as I say I may speak for very short or I may speak for very long we'll see how it goes how much of my notes do I remember and how much do I add on my passion and this it really is my one of my it's my first passion and that is not to say that I don't love God or I don't love my family but kind of what I have loved giving my life to for for as long as I've been back with God, so the last 20 years, but also I give thanks for the 14 years that I grew up in a Christian home, got baptized at 11, had experiences of God as a child. My greatest passion is the church. My greatest passion is the church. I absolutely love God's people, I absolutely love you guys. <laughs> and I'm just, I've been so proud this August. I hope this doesn't patronise you, but I've kind of stepped back like a proud dad and just watched you all be absolutely amazing. I, I love us. I think that what God is doing among us is really special. And I don't want to like pit us against other churches or anything, but I don't think it's that common. I don't think what you've seen today is happening in many other churches where we're just gathering around people and praying. It's really special. And, and it is particularly special to me for a number of reasons. And I just want to go over some of those now. These are some of the reasons why I think I might love the church. One of the reasons I think I might love the church is because my biological family have not been near for a very long time. They moved to Weymouth a very long time ago. And so my experience of family for the last... 16 years has always been the church. When Cheryl and I have been, uh, you know, caught short or been in need in any way, the church has been there for us. They have been our family to us, and we felt that in a really real way. 
And, and I realised this during the pandemic. I remember Chris and Lionel uh, caught COVID and I was so worried about them. And I reached out, I was like, look, please, if you need any help, let me know. If we can go to the shops for you, if I can do anything for you, let me know. And they said, it's all right, our family will do it. And I'm like, so what? I'm like, man, if this was me, it would be the church I was looking to. You're fine. You've got your family. So maybe that's one reason why I particularly love the church. Another reason why I might particularly love the church is because of the pivotal role that I played in the production of a New Frontiers worship album. I don't know if you knew this about me. I played a pivotal role in the production of a New Frontiers worship album. Matthew, would you mind showing the picture? Do any of you remember this album? Yeah. I played a pivotal role in this album. It wouldn't have been the same without me. You see the O-R-S-H of worship in live worship? That's me underneath it. It's me underneath it. It wouldn't have been the same without me. I don't know if you remember the title track of this album, any of you who have it. I have seen a mystery. God. Sorry. I've been singing this all week since I've remembered this album. The hope of prayer and prophecy. Rising from all nations, see she comes. Rescued, ransomed, lifted up. Crowned with mercy, clothed in hope. The object of all heaven's love, she comes. And then, and then the, uh, the chorus goes, It is the church, the hope of all the world. And here I fix my heart and hands, I cannot turn away. It is the church, the passion of God's Son, the goal of history, come and see. And then I don't know what the last line of that bit is. Um, <laughs> um, But I love it, and we don't write songs like that anymore. I was so pleased, Sarah, we did sing one today. We are a chosen generation. It's true of every generation, isn't it? But, But it's so true. We are so special in God's sight. His bride, the goal of history, the hopes of prayer and prophecy, rising from all nations, see she comes. It's wonderful. It really is wonderful and I love us and um, as I say I don't have uh, a passage so much today except I did choose Ephesians 3.10 should we read that quickly thank you his intent God's intent was that now through the church the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms we've talked a lot this morning about the unseen What has happened here this morning is beautiful. Heaven looks on and is amazed. Heaven looks on and praises God for what we do. I know that I'm a part of the worldwide body of Christ, but I experience that here with you. You are the body of Christ to me. It is the relationships that I have with you. It is how I have the opportunity to love you and how you love me and how we love one another that is the body of Christ to us. That is special. It is more than a friend who's a Christian on the phone in America. It is more than a life group. 
What life group would have been as diverse as the group of people praying for Fran this morning? What life group has young, old, rich, poor, black, white, male, female? We are an amazing, diverse bunch of people declaring the manifold wisdom of God to the heavenly realms. It is amazing. It's wonderful. I had, a, I had a really special moment a few weeks ago. As I say, I've been kind of like just throughout August, just been standing back really grateful of what, of what I've seen. And I'm going to share a couple of things now, not all of them. And I hope Neil and Jackie don't mind because you are uh, two of the things. A couple of weeks ago, my Izzy was helping set up for the service and she reached to get a jug off of the shelf and she knocked it over and it smashed. And she was fine. She didn't get cut. But the shock of it, eventually she started really crying and I went to comfort her. But Jackie comforted her. Jackie got to her. Jackie gave her a hug. Jackie spoke lovingly to her. Izzy calmed down. My Izzy had a moment where the church to her was more than me and Cheryl, was more than her friends in kids' church. It was someone just a little bit older than her who loved her and she is now knitted that bit more into the church because it's more and more real because... It is actually a family. There was an experience of this family being more than just a worship service. It was a relationship. I mean, it happened here, but so what? Uh, (laughs) I I think as well, during the pandemic, there was a lot of talk, you know, assessing things. I think we focus too much on Sundays. I think we focus too much on Sundays. And I, um, I I think that's rubbish. I think we focus not enough on Sundays. I think we've undervalued how important this time together is and that doesn't mean that we don't need to focus on discipleship and we don't need to focus on relationship and there isn't a place for life groups life groups are key if you're not in a life group you really i want to encourage you with everything please be a part of one but i know they don't work for everyone and if you can't be a part of one you're no less a part of the body but those are really great places to find these relationships where we do build one another where we sharpen one another and so on the other, the other uh, moment, Neil, I really I hope you don't mind this. <laughs> N- Neil, we all love Neil, don't we? You, you don't have a choice now, I'm doing it. We all love Neil. Neil, I know, has found it hard to come to church for a while. He came last week and I, I beamed to see Neil beam <laughs> as he walked in. The, the smile on his face as he walked through and the, everyone saying hello to him. And just like, it's my church. And he's like beaming. And he comes and sits on the front row. And this is so unusual. You should all take a leaf out of his book. So unusual that he sat on the front row that Angus went to talk to him to find out what it was he wanted to share from the microphone. And Neil was just like, no, no, I just, just wanted to sit down. I'm just happy to be here. You know? It was wonderful. And it's great to see you again. <laughs> it really, it really is. I, I, I possess as a relatively young man, relatively new to ministry, um, a a sometimes unhelpful mix of arrogance and idealism because I think I know what's best. And, And, you know, so much of church that I see, I just think has strayed so far from what we see of church in the Bible. I think so much of what I... What, and this is like an insecurity thing as well. This is like pressure that I perceive that may not be there. I thought, oh, I'm supposed to be doing this. The church is supposed to be doing that. You know, and, and growth is not my aim. Growth is not my goal. Health is my goal for us. 
My desire is that we would grow in maturity and in unity in the faith. I believe that if we do that, we will grow, but growth is not my goal. A church, whose gro- a church where growth is the goal would not do what we've done today, because what we did today isn't easy for guests to cope with. Guests would be here and they'd go, oh, they're kind of doing their own thing. I didn't really feel very welcome. That was a bit uncomfortable. I didn't know what to do. We're not going to stop doing what we've just done today. We're not going to stop doing what we've just done today. That doesn't mean that we don't need to get better at welcoming people and helping them feel comfortable in times like that. But we're not going to stop doing what we did today. You guys are a challenge to me. I've had to get so laid back recently. I'm like, even when my kids were two weeks old, I was on time to church. I'm kind of like, I would not be late to work. Why would I be late to church? Lots of you don't have that same sentiment. You don't. You don't. I've had to learn to accept that. It's, um... <laughs> I, um... Yeah, I, I just love the church and I just love you guys and I, just, I, just, I wanted to encourage you with that and I want to encourage you with some of the things that God has spoken to us because we're not perfect and we don't have it all sorted. As I say, Facebook told me this morning I've been working for the church for four years. Have I achieved in four years what I dreamt uh, that we would achieve? No, absolutely not. Are we in a better place than I think we were? Yes, I think we are. It's, 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 um, it's, it's difficult, isn't it, to hold in tension these things where we long for more and we want better and yet God calls us to be a people who don't grumble and who give thanks. And holding those two things in tension can be so difficult. I, 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 I loved, as I say, I, I loved so much of August and I have to go to the end of July to share... Uh, one of my first greatest memories from this summer season was Pete Stevens as he finished off 1 Thessalonians talking about his experience of church planting talking about how everyone owned the church there was no sense of it being the pastor's church and let's just wait and see what he does it's our church we're in this together we're owning this we are all going to play a role in seeing this succeed god has gifted us in unique ways and we're going to do everything they can't do everything we've got to do it together and and i found it so refreshing hearing pete talk about that i've been part of a church plant i've experienced that too do you know i think there are two things that can that can hinder that hinder that collective ownership one is when you get a building The second is when you employ people. We've done both. We've done both. And you know, I think it at times may have affected us that perhaps that ownership that we have, this is my church. This is our church. We've bought a building and we've employed people. (sighs) They can do it now. It's like we've made it. We've got a building. All those other churches having to work really hard because they're setting up in a primary school hall. We've got a building. We've got an office. We're sorted. We've got a staff team. Great. And, and that sense of ownership. I also loved uh, Brian and the, and the message that he shared, calling us to guard our heart, to protect 
our unity. And, and he, I wish I did have my notes now because I wrote down all of the things that Brian wrote on the uh, board here that, that collectively we said, what do we need to guard against? You know, pride, um, anger. Uh, yeah, there was so much. I mean, I, now I wish I had my notes. But Brian, it was great. Thank you. You know, the prevailing culture, all of these things that stand in the way, that can get in the way of us. I didn't want to, I, I was going to share, I've, I've, you know, so I've been employed by the church for four years now, so I've not been a teacher. I was going to put on the board a kind of a, a graph, not contributing to the needs of the saints, contributing to the needs of the saints. Not very good heart towards the saints, really good heart towards the saints. So imagine this. We all want to be here, contributing to the needs of the saints with a good heart. With a good heart. No matter how much you're giving to the needs of the saints, whether little or much, if your heart is not good, believe me, you're not building up the church half as much as you think you are. If you're not doing very much but your heart is good, that's better. That's better. But if you're contributing to the needs of the saints and your heart is good... You want these people to succeed. You want them to flourish. You want them to grow. You want them to be mature. You want them to know Jesus more and deeply and better. That's where we want to be. We want to be moving towards there. I want to share, as I say quickly, just want to share some things with you that God has spoken over us then. First, I'm going to turn to Scripture, all right, because that does tend to be a good place to turn to. He will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Yeah? He said that, didn't he? Does he lie? No. So he will build his church, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now something I've been wrestling with uh, recently, uh, my wrestling is over a bit, Um, might be a superficial uh, settling of heart in response to this question, can God ever fail to deliver a promise that he's spoken? No. No. So if God has spoken, he will do it. Okay? So now I want to, uh, to just relay to you again uh, four prophetic words over us as a church. One is that we are going to be like an Adullam's cave where the depressed, the indebted and the discouraged come to find hope and healing. I hope that you all know that off by heart now. I hope that you know that off by heart now. All right? I really want you guys to be praying that, that we would do that. I'm so encouraged by what's going on. We've got, you know, and, and for, and for the, the, the people that God is raising up among us, you know, it is great that we now have people trained up to deliver the cat money course. The indebted provided for at Croydon Jubilee Church. We are in the process of ratifying an updated, uh, updated safeguarding document. Once we do... I'm in conversations with Kintsugi Hope. We're going to be able to run the Kintsugi Hope course. The depressed, catered for at Croydon Jubilee Church. I'm not totally sure what to do for the discouraged. Might be a discipleship course that I've uh, had my eyes on for the last year and done nothing with. Might not be, don't know. Anyway, that's one. If God spoke that, it's going to happen. If that was God who spoke that, it's going to happen. Another one, we would be a multi-ethnic baby. I love that. Through the church, the manifold wisdom of God declared to the heavenly places. It's wonderful. 
It's wonderful. It's so good. Love it. Another one, it's coming more recently, and I haven't shared these for a while, but these are two that have been uh, on my heart this summer. Uh, Janet Brown Hollis came about three years ago, and she prophesied over us that arrows of light would go out from this place into the local community, taking light with them wherever they go. Isn't that what we want for this place? She also prophesied that we didn't need to worry about the apparent lack of young people in our congregation. And there is a lack of young people in our congregation. Tomorrow I join the ranks of the 40s. But as, a, as someone in their 30s, there aren't many people in my age group in Jubilee. <laughs> Sorry, Cotty. <laughs> She said not to worry. She said God's going to bring them in. Do you know, one of the things uh, that I've found, uh, I've been surprised by this, that there have been times in my life, got married, never lost a wink of sleep. I was a teacher for 11 years, never lost a wink of sleep. I've had three kids. I did lose sleep due to their sleep, but not due to worry. I, I have had to learn as a church leader to trust God with a church. I feel a bit like I, you know, and this isn't perfectly and always the case, I feel like I'd learned to trust him for myself. I feel like I'd learned to trust him with my marriage. I feel like I'd learned to trust him with my kids. Obviously not perfectly, not always. But, but I've definitely had to learn to trust him with the church. And, and I've seen, I don't know if you remember uh, Nick and Elena. Uh, she was an American lady. They were worship leaders. They were with us for a while. I was like, Yes! This is the beginning of the young people joining us. And then COVID hit. And yeah. you're, you're such a granddad, Ben. Um. <laughs> um, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. And then COVID hit. They moved to... Coventry with family and then studies and so on took them central and they're no longer with us. Julian came, oh yes, yes, this is the beginning of the young people coming. I don't need to worry anymore. Now Julian's job's taking him to Windsor. Oh no. God said, or Janet Brand Hollis prophesied that they are going to come. So the question is, did these people prophesy as provoked by the Holy Spirit, or did they speak of their own heart and wisdom? Because if they spoke from God, then it will happen. If they spoke from their own heart and wisdom, then whether it happens or not depends on our own strength of will and our own skill. But if it was from God, then even our apathy and even our incompetence can't get in the way of it. It will happen. And I was having this conversation with uh, Joseph a while ago, and I was reminded of something from Scripture. And uh, those of you who are uh, more learned theologians than me will, will pick me up on this if this isn't an appropriate application of this. But I was reminded of the people of Israel and how God had promised that they were going to enter the promised land. But because of their unbelief and because of their disobedience, they had to walk around in the wilderness for 40 years. They still entered it but they had to walk around for 40 years. 
And so as I say, is your heart good? Is your heart bad? Are you contributing literally? Are you contributing a lot? Because if God has spoken, we can enter in now, we can begin to see prophecies fulfilled now, or we can wander around for a bit, being discouraged, grumbling, but God's still going to be faithful. He's still going to take us there if it was him that spoke these things. I'm, I'm so, uh, as I say, I, I hope, I, I almost didn't want to do that thing because um, I don't like challenging people. I don't like asking, where are you? But it's important that we do sometimes, isn't it? George, in, in his passage last week, teaching and admonishing. There's, there's a place for challenge sometimes. It doesn't come naturally to me. I'd much rather sit down, have a very long conversation, and ask questions or say things that might get you thinking along lines that... Am I as sorted as I think I am? Am I as right as I think I am? Am I as righteous as I think I am? Um, so I don't like challenging people. But I think there is, in this season, God has spoken a lot to us. I've relayed four things to you. God's doing a wonderful thing among us. We may be fewer in number than we used to be, but I'm loving what God's doing. Days like today are so special. Sunday, Sundays like we've had throughout August... And do you know what was really special about that, for me? There was nothing showy. There was absolutely nothing showy. We were small in number, and there was nothing showy. And we just came, and we built one another up. We just poured our hearts out for people. We had people being really brave in sharing what they shared, and in building us up the way they built us up. And it was really wonderful and I could I could talk about other things I could talk about George last week the way he the way he encouraged us and the way he led us to pray for people I could talk about what Natalie shared there's so much that's happened that's so good and really I'm wanting to preach to myself this morning I am preaching to myself this morning these are thoughts that I've been kind of resting with I'm not I'm not a great intellect so this is about as deep as they've gone in August um but I just think we are amazing I hope you know that. There is, there is no better church than us. That's, I hope you know that's true. Heaven is looking on at us and going, wow, look at them praising me. doesn't matter that we're small in number. doesn't matter that our program isn't established doesn't matter that there's unfulfilled promises, unfulfilled potential. Doesn't matter. God is so pleased with us. He, he is committed to us. So yes, we need to do more. Yeah, to get those arrows of light going out from this place into the community. To make us a place where the depressed, the indebted and the discouraged can come to find hope and healing. Yes, there is unfinished work. But... We hold those things in tension with the fact that God calls us not to grumble and he calls us to give thanks. He calls us, as Brian called us in August, to guard our hearts, to protect our unity, to guard against dissatisfaction and frustration and all those things that would actually not serve to build us up. They would only serve, really, to sow division and to sow discontentment, which, which is just like gangrene. It's like gangrene, isn't it? And so, where are you? <laughs> where are you? Contributing nothing with a bad heart, contributing loads with a bad heart, 
contributing nothing with a great heart, I want us all, as quickly as we can, and this is a process, <laughs> this is a process, because if we are dissatisfied, there are things that need to be uh, wrestled with to move towards a place where we are giving loads with a good heart. I think that is God's will for us, that we would give loads with a good heart. I think, I think th- this is, this is um, it's, it's been a difficult few years for Jubilee, hasn't it? Not just the recent years, but I think, t- to the best of my understanding, since we moved here, it's been tough. It feels like it's been one thing after another. I, I truly believe that God wants us here. I truly believe that he has got great things in store for us using this place to serve the community and for it to be a place where we come together. You know, this, this is special. As I say, Sunday morning is special. It's the only time in the week when we do come all together. My Izzy isn't going to have a cuddle with Jackie at any other time, unless we invite Jackie around for dinner or vice versa. We could do that. Me and Cheryl are awful at that. We don't enjoy showing hospitality. It's stressful for us. And we have a big German shepherd, which not many people like. So that's kind of, that's our get out. (laughs) Let's continue to build one another up. Let's continue to love one another. Guy, honestly, one of the things that I really, we went to Bethel a few years ago, and I know I've not spoken about it very much, one of the things that stuck with me most was this guy, Steve, what was his name? Steve Backland, Buckland, Backland. Steve Backland, um, he, he is not one of Bethel's well-known pastors, which is right up my street, because I hate Christians. No, I don't hate them. I, I dislike the fact that there are Christian celebrities. I'm all for honouring men and women of God. I'm all for that. But I really dislike, you know, this Christian subculture that, you know, yeah. I mean, apart from the worship album that I was pivotal in, they're all, (laughs) right, they're all. um, Steve Backland was pastoring a church, uh, I can't remember where in America, before he went and joined Bethel. And he had a moment where he was, he as a pastor, and forgive me, but sometimes this happens, he as a pastor was discouraged by his his congregation, the congregation he was leading. He was like, man, these, these guys aren't going to change the world. You know, this is... Oh. And he felt God convict him. And he said, the problem is, Steve, this is God, the problem is, Steve, you see prairie hens, which I think is a chicken. You see prairie hens, I see eagles. You see prairie hens, I see eagles. Every single one of you, filled with the Spirit of God have been made ambassadors of Christ here in the earth. You are world changers. You take with you the fragrance of Christ everywhere you go. And, and, we, we are a, just by being here now, we are a prophetic declaration of the reality of God and his plans for this earth. They may not see it, heavenly realms are, and they will. They will. You know, so often, 
um, you know, and, and, and this, is, this, is, this is probably, you know, the verse that Angus goes to most. And I love him for it. It's one, it's one of the reasons I love him. You know, by their love for one another, you will see that they are mine. You know, it's so important, isn't it? That we love one another. We, I, I remember... Sorry, I, I, Gary, you were right. I remember... <laughs> I remember... Uh, earlier on in those 20 years I've now been back with God, I'd be taking non-Christian friends to church with me because I did that in those days. Both took them to church with me and had non-Christian friends. Um, I'm going to... Oh, have you seen how ripped I am lately? Yeah. Right. Because I must remember this. Because I wanted to... T- so I've been going to the gym for two and a half months. I've lost a stone and a half. Right. And... But... Going to the gym is like going to church. I'll tell you why. This is in my notes, so I can't leave it because I love it. Going to the gym is like going to the church for two reasons. I never go to the gym, come back, and go, I look lighter and stronger than I did two hours ago. I never come back from the gym thinking that. But I've been going for two and a half months, and I'm a stone and a half lighter, and I'm stronger. Not one single, single episode of going to the gym had that sensation but two and a half months later I have that it's the same as church very rarely do you go to church and come back going I feel a little bit more sanctified than I did before I went but you keep going (laughs) and you are (laughs) it's wonderful the second reason that going to the gym is like going to church is because I haven't got lighter and stronger just because I stepped through the doors of the gym I actually had to work when I was there. All right? Similarly, you don't grow in your faith because you come to church. (laughs) You grow in your faith because of what you do when you're there, because of how you invest in one another, because of how you let people into your life and how you serve them as well. I I have to apologise. That is the first of what I know will be many illustrations linked to me going to the gym. (laughs) All right. I think I'm going to stop there because it's nearly 20 past. Should we pray? Yeah. Can I invite you to stand? Can, can we sing another song? Would that be okay, band? Thank you. I know we're running over. I apologise. Parents, if you need to get your kids, please do, because although we're running over, it doesn't mean the children's church leaders want us to. You might not want us to. (laughs) Father, I thank you for this church. I thank you for your church. I thank you that we experience the goodness of your plan for us through this fellowship that you have made us a part of. And Father, I want to ask that you would bless us. That you would, uh, that you would cause us all to play our part so that we would grow in maturity and in unity until you return. Yes. Father, we, we love you. We're so grateful that you have taken hold of our lives. Lord, where once we were strangers and aliens To you, now we have been made children of God. 
And Lord, we spend our weeks in a world that doesn't love or honour you, but we get to praise you with one another at least once a week, and it is so special. Father, I pray that you would enrich our relationships, that the fellowship that we enjoy would be more than this Sunday service that we have together. But Lord, I pray that it wouldn't be like a zero-sum game. I pray that as we come together, you would bless us, and as we meet together separately in our homes and in coffee shops and wherever it is, that you would bless us there too. And Father, would you make us world changers? Lord, would you teach us to walk in the power and authority that you've given us? Lord, I pray that simple acts of faithfulness would have dramatic consequences in the lives of people who don't know you. So Lord, would you have your way among us, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.